And a very good evening and welcome to Irish Whiskey Review Live. It's Saturday night, the 12th of December, 2020. And the good news is, Murray, 2020 is nearly over. Get in. About time too. Um, whenever they put the clocks back, I, I had to open another drink. <laughs> An extra hour of 2020 was more than enough. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Very, very good indeed. Yes, it's a, it's a hard, it's a hard year. It's been a hard year, but we've got lots of Christmas gifts idea that'll take your mind off this year. But yes, uh, I, I have been trolling the internet because I haven't been allowed to go around the shops. So I've been, <laughs> I've been trolling the internet looking for uh, inspiration and gifts. All right. So, so uh, what what's first this week then? Uh, because first off, this week we have to do. The news, which we call This Week in Whiskey. This Week in Whiskey. Now, this is my obviously my selection of what's been going on in the world of whiskey. And uh, we, we try and have a, an eclectic mix, is how we would put it, Justin. What do you think? So, this week, there was calls on the Republic of Ireland government to bring in legislation to make sure that all Irish whiskey is made only with Irish barley. Uh, Irish whiskey, as we've talked about before, has been given a PGA status, which means it's protected. And there was calls to say that it should only use Irish barley. Now, that was rejected, and I think probably for, for the better, because once you're only allowed to use Irish barley, what you have a very captive market. Now, I have some figures here. A report suggests that, that 90,000 tonnes of Irish barley is used by distillers and a further 160,000 tonnes used by brewers. And so 93% of the barley grown in Ireland is used, but the rest is sourced mainly from the UK and the rest from Europe. Uh, I think that's a good call because you have a bad season. And let's be honest, Ireland and certainly going into the future with climate change and so on, we don't know what yields are going to be like. So very quickly, you could have prices going You could restrict yourself so much, couldn't you? You could restrict it so as it makes it impossible to actually do it. Yeah, you're going to, I mean, you could end up with very, very little usable yield and people still having to depend on it and that then pushes prices up and because of the, the nature of whiskey i mean this delays you know delays it for for so long so i know i quite happy to, to make sure that barley can come from everywhere i mean scotland it would be impossible for scotland to grow enough barley to sustain the scotch whiskey industry it's just impossible so why would why would ireland then have to be restricted like that so no, I think that's. I think it's a, a good call uh, not to do it. Okay, absolutely, definitely, 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 definitely. definitely. So we've a packed right. show tonight, and Jim Beam's next. Uh, what have they been up to? Jim Beam. Now, Jim Beam is offering a, a lucky fan the chance to win a socially distanced snow globe experience at their home. Now, it will be three individual snow globes a physically distanced bartender, high quality speakers, and you're limited to two cocktails. Now, this is a little mock-up of what the experience would be like. Can you think of anything that looks more miserable than that? <laughs> Can you imagine? You're only allowed two drinks. You have to sit in a wee pod outside. You're not actually allowed, you're not actually allowed to interact with anybody. And they think this is a good thing. <laughs> two, two wouldn't be enough for me, Marty. I'm telling you, two wouldn't be enough for me without a doubt. Justin, I, I would drink two before I go out the door. You know, <laughs> I, mean, I would have about half a dozen before Jim Beam got round to me. I mean, Jim Beam is the best-selling bourbon in the world, and that's what they're offering someone to, to, as a prize. It's just depressing isn't it i mean just look at it it, 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 it is it, i mean and there's nobody even in the picture they think they would have they should have put it up picture posed by models or pre-covid picture it's, it should be something i mean i mean it's just it just looks horrendous i mean it looks like the most depressing evening you'd ever have you know dancing around on your east snow globe with your one cocktail going 
Derp sitting in the house. Hey, here, they're not the only ones to make silly ideas, and it probably originates from the PR people that we love. Ah, yes, the good old PR people. Now, this one is Diageo. Now, Diageo, who own Rowan Co., uh, Talisker, Johnny Walker, Cardew, etc., etc., right? Uh, this week, we're forced to scrap a Christmas marketing campaign. Now, can any one of our eagle-eyed viewers tell me why? Ooh, why would they have to scrap that? Well, is this a spelling bee competition? Is this a spelling bee? Is it? Yes, Justin. Yes, Justin. Now, the guy who spotted this mistake, uh, he was quoted as saying, this is as ridiculous as Domino's not being able to spell the word pizza. <laughs> it's piazza. I know it's piazza. Piazza. Piazza, Bella, Bella, all that. Uh, no, <laughs> so they spelt whiskey wrong in Scotland. Now, Diageo, uh, as we know, they own 28 malt distilleries. 28. And they're responsible for nearly a third of the Scottish whiskey industry. So, I, th I mean, it's just, I mean, it's just incredible. What they need to do, Justin, is watch our, our most watched show, by the way. It is, it, it is. Whiskey with the year of the Yes, yeah. It is. Uh, uh, so they need to they need to watch that to understand that they made a bit of a boo boo there, a bit of a full pa. But it one of the things is it was it's to commemorate um, the two hundredth anniversary of Johnny Walker. Uh, this year, Johnny Walker's two hundred years old, and actually they're even doing a thing in uh, Kenya because I, I read this and I wasn't really one hundred percent sure what they meant by this. Uh, Kenya Breweries Limited are celebrating the 200th anniversary with a month-long campaign, which will have various activities such as, and I quote, projection mapping at the most iconic locations in Nairobi, Mombasa, and Kisumu. I don't know what they're projecting. I mean, I don't think Johnny Walker was in Kenya at any point during his life. Is it not very popular out in those parts? Is it not the sort of thing the old colonials bring out and, and, and do? Yeah. <laughs> touchy subject there, Justin. Touchy subject. <laughs> but no, no, it's uh, I just don't know what are they projecting? Is it just like the image of Johnny Walker or what? You know, just it seems a bit a bit odd that they're 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 putting a massive celebration of Johnny Walker in Nairobi, you know. Well, you never know. Well, we know we have a man in Kenya. We must ask him what, what the deal is. <laughs> ring, oh, him yes, I, ring, ring him I up will. and ask him. Ring him up and ask him. I'll ring him up. He's, he's, he's actually supposed to be touring around various parts of Africa, but he's he's stuck in the house in Nairobi because COVID won't let him go anywhere. Oh, right. So, I know. And, and yeah. listen, this never happened to the wild geese, did it? Never happened to the wild geese. <laughs> what, no. What's next tonight? Mate. Next is there has been a slew of new high-end releases this week. Now, last week we were talking about the the two thousand one flute cask that as part of the Causeway collection. Now it was retailing for two hundred pounds, as I said last week, and it was only going to be available in in Great Britain, and it sold out in minutes. Now two hundred pounds a ball. Uh, Dunville's released a 20-year-old on Thursday night, uh, and it sold out in minutes. That was £225 a bottle. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Yesterday, yesterday uh, I was at a whiskey tasting for over Zoom, socially distant and all that. Don't be complaining about COVID. Uh, for the friend at hand, which is the whiskey shop in Belfast, for anybody who doesn't know, all the sales Irish whiskey, and they're going to have their own single cask middleton very rare uh so i was at the tasting it's it's good it's okay i wouldn't it wasn't bowled over by it and it's 550 pounds a ball it'll be released in january uh the hinch distillery are releasing a hinch chateau de la lagoon lagoon i've already pronounced uh, which is actually owned by the owner of Hench owns that as well, the the, the, the chateau. Six hundred. Lovely, lovely. Can we can we go there? Can we go there next summer? Yes. Hmm. Uh, we'll get the vaccine, Justin, and we'll be away. We'll go because <laughs> they'll allow us. We'll get a passport stamp to say we haven't got COVID and we can't get it, and we'll go. 
Now, so it's limited to 650 bottles, and that's 249 pounds. Bush Mills have announced that they're releasing a 30-year-old American oak cask. It's only going to be available at Dublin and Cork airports. There's 100 bottles being released this year and 332 bottles being released next year. It's 700 euros a bottle. Now, you start to see where this is all going, all this high-end, very, very expensive whiskies. Um, I think there's something to be said for it. There's certain people are buying them, but they're buying them to collect them, et cetera, et cetera, which is fine. I mean, people do what they want to do. But there's one that caught my eye being released this week. Uh, it's from the Neffin Distillery down in County Mayo. Now, they're releasing the Cooper Commemorative Edition. Now, it's 360 bottles, uh, and that's to commemorate their late Master Cooper, John Neely, who worked for a long time at Kilbegan, and he worked over in Scotland as well. Now, he passed away in 2018. Now, Nefim haven't released any whiskey that they've sourced, or gin, or vodka. They are a whiskey distillery. They are biding their time until their whiskey is ready. So they have, you know, which is to be commendable because that takes big pockets. They've opened up a cooperage, and that's who they brought over to do it. Now, this, as I say, goes on sale on their website, and half of the profits from this go to uh, John Neely's widow, Liz. So if you're going to buy a high-end bottle to have and keep them one that's maybe a little bit special, that's the one I would say you buy because at least you're doing some good. Yes, that sounds uh, quite commendable. My, uh, is that it for this week in whiskey? This week, yep, that is this week in whiskey, Justin. But with other good news, we're 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 wise men bringing gifts later on tonight. But uh, who's our special guest tonight, then? Well, a special guest is a man with one of the best jobs you could probably think of. He's the brand ambassador for Dylan Bass. Now, lots of people up here will have heard of Dylan Bass, but as I say in the in the in the interview, he basically is the brand ambassador for Irish distillers, which is Redbreast, it's Jameson, it's the Spot Range, it's Pars, etc., etc., etc. So, yeah, nice so, guy. So basically, they're one of some of the biggest movers and shakers in the uh, in the place, right? So we better say hello to some, some people. Some people tonight before we get to Joe McGowan from Dylan Bath. Patrick Mulkey said good evening. Good evening to you, Julie Mason said hello. Evening all. Yep. Uh, Trevor Watson said hi from Bermana, and uh, Michael Matthews said uh, evening lads. It's a grand day so far. Well, it's a long day. Yes, it's been a long day for uh, me, certainly. Very, very long day. Now, <laughs> now, yeah. say no more. Now, what I want you to do for us is remember <laughs> to comment, like, and share. Comment, like, and share on Facebook, and especially add us on Irish Whiskey Review on YouTube. It's as simple as that. And if you do want to say hello, all I want you to do is type it in to the comments on Facebook on Irish Whiskey Review, or better still, the comments on Irish Whiskey Review on YouTube. So here's Joe McGowan. We spoke to him earlier in the week. Uh, take it away. Where is he? Has he loaded up yet? He's not loading up for me. He's, he's doing funny oh. things. We'll get him to load up here and see if he'll start for us. There he is. He's loaded. Take it away. <laughs> And Joe McGowan joins us now on uh, Irish Whiskey Review Live. Uh, Marty, what have you got to ask this man? Because a lot's going on down there. Well, put it like this. Joe is the brand ambassador for Dylan Bass. Uh, and, and some people might not maybe under know what Dylan Bass do. They're the brand ambassadors for... Irish distillers in Northern Ireland, essentially. Uh, so they're responsible for Redbreast, uh, the Spot Range, Pars, etc., etc. So he, he goes around basically showing off whiskey all, all the time, and uh, very good he is. So hello, Joe, and how are you? 
And good morning. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure to have you. So, what can you tell us in the lead up to Christmas? What is uh, Dylan Bass? What are your whiskey brands doing? Um, well, yeah, yeah, you, you pretty much hit the nail on the head in terms of who we are. So essentially, Dylan Bass is is kind of like the Northern Ireland um, section or wing of, of of Irish distillers. So um, we would we would own and distribute all the Irish distillers brands. So I deal kind of exclusively with the whiskies, and you, you've hit a few of the brands there. So um, Redbreast would be would be the biggest brand I kind of do a bit of work with, and then also um, do a lot with Pars. And then we've obviously got the Spots Method Madness in the Middleton range. And um, the only difference between us and Irish distillers, we also do a wee bit with um, Louis Vuitton Moet Hennessy brands. So we would distribute the likes of Hennessy and Food Clico, etc. Um, but we've been we've been flat out kind of in the lead up to Christmas. So obviously this has been a bit of a challenging year in terms of you know the entree had been closed and open and closed and open. So um, <clears throat> a lot of the work we've been doing has been kind of retail focused. So I've been out um, visiting you know whiskey shops around Northern Ireland, kind of getting them prepared for Christmas, doing a lot of merchandising work. Um, so. If you're out in um, in any independence, or you see me in Super Value or Tesco over the new, the next few weeks, you'll probably see me in a Jameson hoodie, putting bottles on shelves. So, um, we're all kind of doing our part, um, you know, to kind of get get the, get the place ready for Christmas. And then also, I would do a bit of work, um, kind of backstage, if you want to call it that, um, from a brand manager point of view, where I would kind of, um, plan a bit of the activity for some of the brands. So, um, been doing a lot of stuff for for Redrest over the last kind of six weeks. So we did um, we did an online tasting there, um last week last friday and um, where we had um, a few different stores involved and they were able to come online and i did a bit of an online tasting for Redbreast. and um, we're also doing a bit of um, social media activity so we've got plenty of competitions and uh, ways for Redbreast fans to kind of engage with us and then if you're driving about belfast over the next few weeks you might actually see some Redbreast outdoor advertising which is the first time we've done that up here so um we've got a few different um, billboards 96 sheet and a few 48 sheets scattered around belfast which is great so there's a lot happening with Redbreast anyway, and then of course we've had um, our, our Middleton 2020 was launched, and then we've got um, a tasting on Friday for a new single cask. So yeah, keeping very busy. Yeah. Uh, now you, you've, this year there has been some new brand or new well, new versions come out. So you've had the the obviously the late, latest one was the Blue Spot. So how, how's that going for you? How's that panning out? Um, Blue Spot oh, couldn't keep it on the shelf. You know, um, most of the customers we've had, you know, when when they got their first order in, they were very, very, very quick to ask if they could get a second one. So, um, not a massive amount of it, obviously available. You know, it is it is a smaller release, but the um, the demand for it was extremely high, and the feedback has been really positive. I don't know if you've got a chance to try it yet, but um, it is an absolutely beautiful whiskey. You know, it's it's bottled at cask strength, um, absolutely gorgeous. So I was able to get a wee sip of it myself. Um, on launch and um, yeah, big fan of it. So if you can get a ball, I would definitely recommend picking one up. Now the uh, the red breast is your you say that that's your big thing. Um, now, pot still whiskies. A lot of people really still don't understand pot still whiskey, and it's kind of new to them. So we we have lots of people now listening and or watching in Canada and the US. So give them a give them a better idea of what pot still is. So um, basically, single pot still Irish whiskey is a style of whiskey that can only be produced in Ireland. So it is it is completely unique to Ireland. And what makes it different to most other styles of whiskey is we actually combine malted and unmalted barley together. So, you know, if you were to go to Scotland and you were to drink a malt whiskey, and uh, that's going to be made of 100% malted barley. And obviously there is, there is um, malt whiskey made in Ireland. There's some fantastic malt whiskey, and we, we do have a bit of malt whiskey ourselves. Um, but at Middleton, we're really more known for our, our pot stills. So we actually combine malted and unmalted or green barley together in our mash bill, which is what makes it um, so unique. And then uh, we distill it in copper pot stills. Uh, Middleton, we we triple distill um, all of our whiskies. Um, pot still doesn't necessarily have to be triple distilled, but um, ours ours all would be. So, you know, I think um, in terms of flavor profile, the thing that people mostly seem to like about single pot still whiskey is the first of all the mouthfeel, and um, particularly on on whiskies like Redbreast and Pars. You know, they're really known for their kind of rich, creamy mouthfeel, and then um, also a bit of a spicy flavor profile as well. So. You know, when you, especially when you drink the likes of a Pars, even the Gold Label, but particularly the likes of the Pars Johns Lane, 
it's known for this this what we call pot still spice. So it's really a kind of yeah, like okay. a peppery note you get at the front of your palate. Um, and that'll be evident in, in, in all of our whiskies and all of our pot stills, but particularly in pars, you know, it, it seems to be the one that most people agree has that really rich, creamy, spicy character. Well, I took a, a tour group uh, who were supposed to be doing a tour once. I'm letting the cat out of the bag here, Marty. And this is, let's let's just go and try some whiskey. And this is a big family group. It's a big VIP tour, so they could do what they want. So we rolled into a Hastings Hotel. Uh, they asked me what we should get. I said, we'll just get some red breast. We had several wet red breast. We went back to the ship, and he says, you were great, Justin. Hadn't done him. <laughs> Hadn't done him at all. Nothing. <laughs> But the whiskey went down well, obviously. It went down extremely well. This is a very common thing for people to say about Justin. You haven't done anything. <laughs> <laughs> if you serve them a red breast, that's enough. Yeah. Uh, red, red, breast, red breast is a fabulous whiskey. I recommend it to, to lots of people to try because it's always quality. You know, it's always a quality quality whiskey. Um, there's, a, there's other ones, expressions of uh brands that sometimes are a bit hit and miss but all the red breasts are really top drawer you know it's it's one that um i feel like for years we almost didn't know what we had you know it's it's one that we didn't do a huge amount with it really you know uh, i mean jemison was was the focus for so many years and i think that was a great decision because now jemison is you know a global brand but um anytime we would speak to yeah, people certainly in, in, in my last few years people would always say oh you make red breast i love red breast that's one of my favorite whiskies so it's great now that um, we actually are able to shout about it a bit more. And, you know, it's, it seems to be one of those brands that has so much love and so much loyalty. Like people re really, really do love it. And I mean, if I'm honest, most of the time, if somebody says to me, I like whiskey and I give them a red breast, I'd be very surprised if they say, no, that's, that's not for me. Yeah. That's one of those, because, because of the quality of it, it's always going to be good. You know, you're never let down by it, no matter what version of it you get, or whether it's a single cask or, you know, any of those, it's always going to be fantastic. Yeah. Method and Madness, <clears throat> the experimental range. Irish distillers, there's lots of experimental uh, expressions now for, for different cask finishes and so on. But Method and Madness really were the ones who did it first, in my opinion. And they did it in a kind of a very big way uh, with the French chestnut finish. You know, the, they had the Hungarian oak, et cetera, et cetera. So what can we expect from them in the near future? So Method Madness as a brand, I think, was, was a brilliant idea because the guys at Middleton wanted to try some new things. They wanted to experiment. And, you know, thinking about it, it wouldn't really suit any of the other brands. Like if we released a Jemison finished in, French chestnut or a red breast finished in you know virgin oak it might not necessarily fit with the brand so we needed to come up with a new brand yeah. that we could release these different expressions under so the guys made the decision in 2016 to, to open a, a micro distillery so if anyone listening doesn't know what that is it's it's really just a smaller distillery so down at Middleton we have our, our regular garden still house where the majority of our, our whiskey hot still whiskey production would take place and then we have our, our micro distillery which is kind of like our are we hub for experimentation and, and trying new things so um there's been quite a few different releases and um yeah all of them particularly exciting particularly interesting but over the next few years is when we're going to start to see some more of those kind of unusual releases and i'd love to be able to tell you what's coming next because i do know there is some there is something that's in the works oh, oh. Um, but i can't reveal too much but um yeah any of our more kind of unusual reveal a little bit reveal a little bit i can't tell you can tell you nothing unfortunately um but hopefully it'll be with with us before too, not not before too long. Um, but you've seen unusual wood types at at this point. You know you've seen chestnut, you've seen Hungarian oak, etc. And mm -hmm. um, what we're likely to see in future as well as different distillates. So you know we we've been experimenting with different mash bills and different distillate types down in the micro distillery. And you know obviously we have to wait for those to come of age and to be ready. Um, but I'd say over the next few years some of those will start to be ready to be to be bottled and drunk. So yeah, there's nothing but exciting things to be coming. Uh, from the Method Madness brand. Excellent. Uh, whenever you're talking about Irish distillers, we can't not talk about Jameson. It's just, I mean, it's really been a phenomenon in many ways. Uh, I mean, they make up about 80% of Irish whiskey sales nearly would be internationally uh, is Jameson. And it's just a phenomenon, really. Uh, how, how did it get so big? You know, it's it's interesting that I was literally talking to a colleague of mine who's been with the company for, for a lot of years and he was saying, 
you know, he remembers the days where, where Jemison just wasn't, you know, wasn't a whiskey people really thought about. You know, you'd maybe be selling three or four cases of another whiskey to a customer and they might buy a bottle or two bottles of Jemison. Um, so to see where it's grown to now is, is phenomenal. But um, it really kind of started in the 90s. You know, the, the guys in the marketing department made the decision that they were really going to um, get get to work on a ground level and start recruiting bartenders and start trying to get people behind the brand. And it's just kind of snowballed since. You know, we've gone from selling about 400,000 cases in a year, you know, to selling 8 million cases. Like, it's it's breathtaking, <laughs> you know. Incredible. Um, and I mean, yeah. like, it's it's... It's funny. I was talking to another friend of mine, and he he he'd said that he'd been traveling recently. Um, well, a couple of years ago, throughout Asia, and he said he'd always loved to see Jemison in a bar because you might go into a bar somewhere and not recognize anything on the shelf, you know, but you just want to have a, yeah. a drink. And he'd say, well, at least there'd always be a bottle of Jemison there, you know. So it is. It's it, you'd be hard pressed to find a bar now that wouldn't have a bottle of it on the shelf. It, it certainly, uh, and the the way they've done the the, the sort of promotion of the whole thing. Um, the the, the GMO and ginger, you know, it's just it it's, it sounds good when you say it. It tastes good, you know. Uh, uh, Justin Justin and I differ in this. Justin's a big cocktail guy, right? Yeah. I'm a bit more of a purist. <laughs> <laughs> he, lo he loves he loves all the umbrellas and all, but <laughs> just in terms of marketing, it's a it's a fabulous piece of marketing. GMO and ginger because it sounds good. It's sort of alliterative, uh, and it tastes fabulous. And I, I think Jameson is one of those whiskies at home. Lots of people kind of overlook it a little bit, you know, because they're so used to it. And they're, you know, they look at all the exciting new brands and new expressions and so on and so. On. But when they go to a bar, somebody'll just say Irish whiskey, and they automatically get a Jameson. And again, it's one of those ones that people kind of just have. It's it's a bit like how you take your tea you know it's it just it's there and jameson is probably probably a, a significant reason why irish whiskies are doing so well internationally yeah i think i think the the familiarity of it is something that people really appreciate you know um like it's it's been around for a very long time it hasn't changed um it's a great whiskey i think one of the reasons it's probably so successful as well is Obviously, marketing is a big part of it, and the guys have done a fantastic job in, in getting into new markets and, and introducing people to the brand. But it is just a really versatile whiskey as well. You know, I mean, so many people will drink it with ginger ale and lime, and that's a fantastic way to enjoy it. But, you know, you can drink it neat as well. Like, it is a whiskey that doesn't need to be mixed. It's fantastic just on its own, or you can make it into a cocktail. And I think having that versatility is probably one of the reasons it's been so successful. So we would never say, you know, Here's Jemison. You have to drink it with ginger ale and lime, or you have to have it with ice, or you have to have it neat. You can have it however you like, you know, and it'll be enjoyed anyway. Exactly. Exactly. And I think, I think because it's got, it's not a massively punchy uh, flavor. You know, it, it hasn't got anything to. It's not marmite, if you know what I mean. Yeah. It, it's it's a very sort of middle of the road steady safe pair of hands whiskey <laughs> you know it's because it's got that versatility uh the cold brew came out recently the the coffee and i know a few people that are like no it's like a coffee liqueur uh, i actually quite like it and i'm not a huge coffee fan i prefer tea <laughs> but but it's been it's it's nice i like it i think it's well i think it's well put together yeah, it's it's something a bit different, um, and I think it probably is a natural kind of fit for for Jemison as well. So it's it is definitely, you know, if you don't like coffee, I would say you're probably not going to like it because it is very much, you know, that intense kind of coffee flavor. And where it differs from liqueur is it's not overly sweet either. You know, it wouldn't be comparable to the likes of the usual coffee liqueurs you would get, which you would you know make into maybe an espresso martini or a white Russian. It doesn't have that sweetness to it. So I suppose, you know, it would probably appeal kind of more to the coffee purists than, you know, the likes of a regular coffee latte liqueur. drinker. The sort yeah. of latte yeah. drinker. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, it is, it's, it's a great product, but I think, yeah, definitely it's, it's for people who really like coffee and really like whiskey. Um, but, uh, you know, you're, you're a purist, uh, so maybe you've, you've probably tried it neat. I, I like it just on its own, but um, I've seen a lot of people get quite creative with it as well. You know, when we originally trialed it before it was actually released, um, when we let bartenders try it, they just wanted to get their hands on it because they had a million ideas of what they could do with it. You know, and I think that's yeah, the sort of product that it lends itself to. You know, it's one that you 
you really give it to a bartender and let them come up with something really creative. Are you doing yeah, that like, Belfast Whiskey Week, Joe? Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely be involved again. Yeah, um, so we took part with Belfast Whiskey Week um, in July there, which um, was fantastic. Um, I think I remember I was talking to you about PARS, Marty. Um, but yeah, um, I def will definitely be be involved again this year. You know, it's it's a fantastic opportunity for us to talk about our brands and you know just based on how how successful and and the kind of feedback was it from it last year. We yeah, I think we'd be daft not to get involved. I think it's a fantastic operation. Yeah, I think that's it's a credit to Paul. It really is. Uh, now, there's a new single cast being released at the Friend at Hand on Friday. Yeah. Um, yeah. Give us a wee insight into what it's like. So we're going to be launching um, another single cask for the Friend at Hand. And for anybody who's listening and isn't familiar with the Friend at Hand, this would be Belfast's uh, one-of-a-kind Irish whiskey shop slash museum. Um, absolutely fantastic. It's it's run by um, by a publican called Willie Jack, who would be well known um, in Northern Ireland for being behind you know the, the Duke of York, the Harp Bar, Dark Horse. And I think probably about three years ago, he opened up um, a whiskey shop and he always you know maintained that he was only going to sell Irish whiskey so he's a guy with a real passion for for passion for Belfast passion for history and passion for for Irish whiskey and okay. um, so we've done a number of different single cast releases with him so I think our first one we did we did a pars and we did a, a 14 year old pars single cast we've done a, a red breast we've done a 25 year old red breast for him um, and this year we we did something a bit different so he's going to be getting a Irish oak matured whiskey so um, it's an 18-year-old which began its life in um, in American ex bourbon barrels and then went underwent a secondary um, secondary maturation in Irish oak um, and then we would have done a bit of a tasting with myself and Billy Layton, our master blender, and with Paul, the manager of the Duke of York, and he would have selected this cask. Um, it's absolutely fantastic um, whiskey. So um, very few people will have tried it at this point. So I'm really looking forward to Friday. So it's going to be myself and uh, Kevin O'Gorman who has just taken over from uh, Brian Nation. He's our new master distiller so he'll be joining me on friday to do a bit of a chat so we're going to talk a little bit about about the history of the the bar we're going to talk a little bit about irish oak and then we're going to do a bit of a taste of the whiskey as well lovely stuff excellent lovely stuff joe thanks for joining us and uh stay safe your beard keep that beard going um because well justin justin's always looking to see for a transplant you know <laughs> <laughs> keep drinking the whiskey i think the whiskey has something to do with it all right. Thanks, Smith. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That is uh, Joe McGowan there, and uh, Maurice standing by. He's ready to tell us all about these lovely Christmas gifts that uh, he has sourced for everybody. Uh, what on earth is that all about? Joe McGowan's some fella, <laughs> isn't he? He is. He's a, he's a really, really nice guy. Uh, he, he got that job a few years ago. And I think I think really what happened was he got the job and just as Irish whiskey kind of went and exploded. So he, he sort of hit the ground running, but he's, he's really sort of settled into it. He's, he's become a real recognised face about Irish whiskey now and, and a nice guy. Nice guy to chat to. Very easy to talk to. Very easy to approach. You know? Yeah. Uh, William McLennan was saying he does have the, the cold press, uh, the cold brew there. The cold brew. <laughs> Pardon me. And he says it needs ice. It definitely I needs agree. ice. I agree. I agree. I think that's exactly what it needs. Um, it's a, it's thirty percent, so it's not a whiskey, uh, it, but it's not really a, the cure. As I think he was alluding to, sort of your Tia Maria type stuff when he was talking about the liqueurs, and it's very sort of sweet and, and, and a little a little too sweet for my palate anyway. But this is is a lot more of a, a, a milder coffee. It, it's not big punchy coffee heavy it's it's nice you'd like it you, you would like it i think you would really like it actually i do like things like that there is it something like sheridan's then or or better than sheridan's is it yeah oh it's, oh, it's better than that it's better than that okay i, I know where everybody is tonight uh, even though we're in double digits in the viewers uh, somebody says uh, gary and i uh, mark says gary and i tuned in between fights is there a big fight on tonight or something like that uh, anthony joshua is fighting pull of pull of pull of I'm away. I'm away here. I'm away. <laughs> no, but like this, the, the night he fights uh, Tyson Fury, I might, I might be away because uh, I, I want to see that. I, I think Tyson Fury will probably do him actually, which is what I said two years ago or three years ago. 
Well, remember to comment, like, and share for us. What about these Christmas gifts then? Well, I, I've scoured the internet and I've, I've looked at some stuff that I think people might like. Now, obviously, the whiskey drink, whiskey drinkers always end up with two presents, right? There's two versions of presents. You're, you know, it's like your mother-in-law or your sister-in-law will buy you a bottle of Black Bush. Or what they do is they see a whiskey tasting kit with whiskey stones in it, right? Well, <laughs> I have a bust of about six sets of them, and at no point have I ever put a chilled stone in my whiskey. There's never, never once have I ever thought to myself, you know what that, that whiskey really needs? I could do with a, a lump of granite that's been in the freezer for six months put in it. You know, it's never entered my head. But people keep <laughs> buying these things. <laughs> right? So... I actually, when I was doing this, I actually saw one where it said that they could get you whiskey stones with your name engraved on them. Why? <laughs> what on earth would you do that for? Anyway, so there's no whiskey stones. I, I, I can think of the reason. That's when you choke on it and then they do the autopsy, they can find out your name. <laughs> okay, fair enough. It's like a dog tag. No, yeah. so, so, yes. Uh, whiskey stones. Uh, I don't know. I don't know anybody that has ever used them. People buy them, but it's only because it's a gift. It's only a present. Now, it looks like the Armagh Mummers are on the front of this uh, record label. There, do you see the people, or, or are we starting in the Christmas edition of the Wicker Man? Well, this this is the the greatest hits of whiskey, Volume One. Now they've kind of went for the whole Sex Pistols look with this. Um, it's a very punk looking thing. Now, this is £100 uh, from firebox.com, and it's 10 different miniatures, uh, 50 millilitres or 5CL uh, miniatures. It's got a bourbon, a 14-year-old single malt Irish, uh, an Isla, Speyside, etc., etc. But I thought it looked pretty good. I think that looks pretty, uh, you know, the packaging looks pretty decent to me. Um, that's that's a nice present. That would be nice. Yes, it say, would. It, it's it's, yeah. it's an LP. What kind of money is that? Where do you get your hands on that then, Murray? As I say, it's a hundred pounds, so it's not cheap. And um, you get it at firebox.com. But you know, they'll have sourced the whiskies and they'll be, they'll, they'll be good whiskies. Well, this but also. This this goes back to something Frank Hearn said. He says, I think it's great to see Irish whiskey growing in development as it is, but it's sad to see the ordinary bloke on the street being priced out of tasting so many of them. Well, this is the way of tasting loads of them. You get to taste 10 of them uh, which for a tenner each, mm. which is pretty cheap, pretty reasonable. It's not, it's not bad, but I, whenever Frank's talking about the, the bottles I was talking about at the start, where you're talking £200, £250, Four hundred pound, seven hundred pound. You know, you're. I mean, come on, guys. There's only so many people that can afford to do that. And I know there's lots of people do the collecting. I I have a bit of a collection myself of stuff. That I've, I have. I try and I try and have one that I can open and want to collect. But I mean, just at that, at those prices and this, the amount of them that's coming out that are at the premium range. Just there's not too many guys are going to be getting those, and the problem, the problem with the the bit at the the sort of entry level. I mean, people mostly buy balls of Blackbush, twenty two pound, twenty four pound, right? If they're going to spend thirty five pounds, that's a bit bit of a treat. You know, they think to themselves that's an extra ten, twelve, fourteen pounds. This better be worth it. And they might do that every so often. But once you start going the way up, and there's more and more of these coming, it's it becomes a bit of a an exclusive boys club, you know? Now, s somebody wants to know, uh, Bri Lem wants you to name a, a few in your collection, Marty. <laughs> I have... I have quite a lot of the Dunvilles range, I have to say, uh, because I'm a big fan of Dunvilles. I have all of the Cologne's, so far, mm -hmm. um, experimental casks. I have some old bottlings from from a couple of really nice ones from Cooley. Uh, 
the pride of my collection is I have a bottle of old Cumber from from way back in the 1950s, uh, which is the label's perfect, the fill level's perfect. I have, uh, let me think, I have, I have a couple of the, the, the Silkies, a couple of old Bush Mills, a couple of old Powers. So I, ha I have a collection and it's a reasonable size, but I, I know guys that have massive collections and that's, you need deep pockets for those. No, Marty, you're being very conservative there. You're in your man cave there, and if the camera slipped, <laughs> it would look like you were in a distillery or or, or nearly the, 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 the three in hand in Belfast. No, Justin, Justin, I'm talking about the ones that I've collected, not the ones that I'm drinking. Okay. The ones that I'm drinking are all here. Yeah. Now, I have, I think I last counted, I have 120 bottles there. That's so a lot. More than 120 bottles. I lost count when I got there by 250. <laughs> You're a liar. You're a liar. Well, well, but like I said, there's quite a lot. Most of those are open. The ones that I'm collecting are up. They're they're safely plugged away, and uh, I, I I I I don't include them, and I don't include them in the this lot. You know. Okay. What's next in the gift guide then? Now, again. This is a what's in the wood. Now this is fifty four ninety five uh, from the whiskey exchange. Now these are six thirty mil miniatures, but what this does is it's to explore the effect of wood on on the whiskey. So what you do, what you do is you get the balls, and you read about the different casks that it's been sat in. So it's got, for example, an American oak. It's got a, a Mizunara cast finish from, from Japan. And it'll give you different tasting notes and different comparisons. So you, it'll highlight, what they'll have done is they'll have picked out what they think highlights the elements of those casks. Now you have to remember that casks contribute probably about 70% of the flavor maybe more so what would you keep it in and obviously for how long you keep it there uh, is is important so this is to highlight the differences so i thought it, i thought it was interesting it would be uh, it would be a nice thing if you were going to get it it would be maybe there'd be a, a bit of an appreciation of just what the wood does to the spirit uh, okay, I've captioned this. We've got wood. Do you think Facebook will catch on and know what that means in English slang? Probably not. So uh, there you go. I'll put, I'll put it like this: they 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 tried to bar us one time for 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 nudity. I don't know what what, what you're doing and blow that desk there. I can't see. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I don't know. Ah, uh, uh, boy. It takes a biscuit. Let me see. We've got to say hello to a couple of people before we do uh, the rest of these things tonight. What have we got? Uh, we better say hi to Jordy Burke. Hello to you, Prince Edward Island. Uh, better say hello. Uh, they've got plenty of wood out there because they're a lumberjack and they're okay, aren't they? And <laughs> Prince Edward Island. You'll get, you'll get off board. I won't. You'll get off board for that, that kind of and uh, Frank Heron says, uh, thanks for the answer, Marty. I agree. Buy two, keep one, drink one, but don't tell the, tell the wife. No, it says makes it rather expensive. It does indeed. And it does. The, the, thing, the thing is, there's a reason a lot of these bottles at £200 and stuff sell out so quick. It's because people want collections. And the likes of the Middleton, very rare, that was released this year. 2020 it's already been up about 50 percent in price in the auction sites because there's so many people looking at and it's just disappeared so people are buying them to have them to 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 make money on them is what they're doing um and if i'm totally honest i have a few upstairs that i know or i consider that'll be worth money in the future so it might seem expensive as an initial outlay but in the back of your head you're thinking well if it doubles in price i've got the other one for free you know, and that's that's a way of looking at it too, you know. Exactly. And Dale McDonald saying, good evening. Hope everyone had a grand week. Not too bad a week. They're going very quick. Now, uh, we've got about 15 minutes left. Well, I, I had a good week. I had a good week. I had a good week, Justin, because I passed my general certificate of distillation. Yo. Are, are you trying to say you were just bluffing before this? 
I, I, I put it like this. Normally people normally people do this. They work in the in the distillery. Um, it takes they do it for a year. Um, a lot of the time under tuition. I signed up for it in July and did it myself and passed in in what three and a half four months. So I'm actually quite tough with myself. You know, so. you, you, you must have had a lot of the knowledge base before that, and of course you do have mm. as many bottles as some micro distilleries. So you, <laughs> you, you, you'll uh, you'll go far with that. So listen, I remember yeah. having the wrong, the wrong the wrong image up there. I've got whiskey in a jar. What's that all about now? I now see this. This is actually quite an interesting thing. I like this. This is from hearties.co.uk, and it's whiskey sticks. Okay, now, they're five pound. I think they're maybe five pounds each, but you can buy. You know, you obviously can buy multiple ones. Now, what they are? They're seasoned bits of oak that you can pop into a, a jar or a bottle or whatever you want to do. And actually age your whiskey yourself in at home. So what you could do is you could take a bottle of I don't know white label bush, right? And pour half of it into another bottle, put one of these in, leave it there for a couple of weeks, couple of, you know, maybe a month, and then try it and see what the difference is. Now, there's lots of people who turn around and say, Oh, why don't you just go and buy it, get a, a bit of oak from an oak tree in one of the forests around here or whatever but you can't because it's not seasoned you know if you put that in all you'll get is the the very green astringent very harsh chemicals it's not going to do the same job so this is actually quite interesting you can basically age your own whiskey um at home and give it, even give it some color and bring out some of the the uh the chemicals that are going to come out of the wood so i i think that's bit of fun you know have a have a, a bit of an experiment with it yes uh it's a good idea they do look like clothes pegs you do know that don't you <laughs> I, do, I do yes i am aware of this they're not there for the aesthetics justin they're there for a practical reason <laughs> now jordy has said That's did cool. anybody notice vic cameron's vid this week he's tasting every day like an advent yes. color it's very good that actually but, but we're doing the same yes, marty we're I mean, doing the same on instagram aren't we I'm I I am doing slauncha clothes slauncha as an Irish for cheers. Uh, slauncha clothes is an Instagram instant reel, fifteen second whiskey review. Now it's fifteen seconds, and it takes me about half an hour to film it every night because I keep making a right pig's ear of it every time I do it. You know, no, it's me slauncha clothes with another, you know, and start again, I start again, I start again. So uh, no, I'm doing slauncha clothes, but. You know, Vic, Vic's reviews, honestly, Vic knows his stuff about whiskey. That's why he's worked on it for, for 30 years. So if he doesn't know his stuff by now, then it's a very sort of rum do for him, you know? I know. It, it, it is. It's, it's good. Uh, Jordy's saying he's seen ours too, and he's seen the ones with the Santa beard on. Uh, they are they are actually uh, f fabulous, those ones with the Santa beard. I do enjoy them myself. I don't know where you managed to get all the different uh, Santa beards from, uh, because they certainly uh, they certainly make me chuckle every night. That that that's what you do. I'm going to show you what they look like just in case. What do you see? This is this is Marty uh, with the Santa beards on Irish Whiskey Review. By the way, we've got 225. <laughs> uh, of them, that's the same as the the break horse brow of my car followers. Uh, but we're following five hundred as well. We want more of you to follow us on Facebook, on Instagram, and remember to comment, like, and share everything you see tonight uh, because it helps us help you, and it tells all your friends as well. Now uh, that's Instagram. Uh, where are we heading next with these gifts, Marty? We're now heading to single malt. Toothpicks, <laughs> close pegs and toothpicks. I mean, it's Close better than socks, isn't it? It's better than socks. <laughs> better than socks or or whiskey stones. Now, this is from uncommongoods.com, uh, and I don't see them selling too many of these. If I'm honest, they're extra large toothpicks that have been soaked in an isla malt and then dried. So they're gently infused, Justin. That's how they say it. It's gently infused. Uh, it says you have to use them within a year. You get four glass bottles with 12 each, right? 12 in each of them. So you get 48 of these. 
they're twenty seven pounds and thirty pence plus postage. So, so they're so not, you they're not just you buy, buy a bottle of whiskey for that kind of money. I, personally, I would buy the wee flossers. You know the wee flossers you get for two pound. Yeah, yeah. Buy them, and then buy a bottle of Laphroaig. And and if you want to if you want to dip your little flosser in the Laphroaig, feel free. And there you go. And it'll last an awful lot longer than 48 toothpicks. Yes, but they're good, good ready to well, go I, get I think they're aiming for a specific market. Yeah. Yeah, they are indeed. Well, it's, the thing about it is it's, it's, it's a gift. And it's so I kind of thought, well, it's, it's something that if somebody was buying for a whiskey, it's better than whiskey stones. I, but, I, you know, I, so that's that's that. I, I think we must. We do need to treat ourselves this year. Michael Matthews is saying he must buy some for the taxi driver or the bin man or the postman. You're absolutely right, Michael. It would make a lovely gift for those kind of people. <laughs> lovely, lovely. Now we've got a couple more gifts to get through. Make sure you get your mentions in with uh, nine minutes left of the lovely. show tonight. Comment, like, and share. Like us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Marty, what's this gift? What is this? This looks like this looks like the mummers again with guns. No. This yes, this is the dead rabbit. Now, for anyone who doesn't know what the dead rabbit is, it's a bar in Manhattan. And it was set up by two guys from Belfast, uh, Jack McGarry and Sean Muldoon. They were in the Merchant Hotel. And they went to New York, ended up setting up a bar, and it's been voted the best bar in the world a few times. Now, this is a book, Mixology and Mayhem. It's actually a graphic novel telling the story of how it all came about. So I'm a big fan of graphic novels. My only problem is they're extremely expensive. <laughs> the only people that can afford them is the homeless guy that sits beside the crowd. He sits and reads them all the time. I keep asking him, could he give me them as his cast-offs? But no, uh, they are, it's it's like a graphic novel. Uh, it's £18, and you get it on from various bookshops, but I thought that looked pretty, pretty, pretty slick, you know? Yeah, it does It does look good, uh, and it's pretty affordable, and it lasts forever, and it looks good on your coffee table beside your whiskey bottle and glass with your whiskey stones in it as well. It does. Now, we've <laughs> a couple more gifts to get through. Remember to comment, like, and share. Uh, say hello, uh, and we'll give you a mention, a shout-out, wherever you are in the world. We've got viewers all around the world, including in this place where they spell whiskey wrong. Aye. Well, they spell it right, but just wrong for them. They spell it wrong all the time, and then they get it right, and then they get, somebody gets the sack. But no, right. no, the last one, this this is actually a project that I I, I, I like this. I think this is a good thing. It, it appeals to me on a whole nerd level, on a whiskey nerd level and, and all of that. This is the Lost Distilleries. Now, what this company have done is they... Back in 2012, they, they got a team together, including Professor Michael Moss. Uh, Michael Moss wrote The Making of Scotch Whiskey, which is one of the most researched uh, and detailed book about the history of Scotch. And what they did was they got a list of 100 distillery, 100 plus distilleries that have closed. They went through them to see which ones they, the names of were available to... to uh, to, to license that they could buy the name of them or they would have the name uh, ready, registered. And what they did was then they went through all the archives and got as many sort of primary sources as they could get to figure out how that whiskey was made. They, they used 10 key elements. They used peat, water, barley, the region, the mash, the yeast, the still, the heat, the wood, and the, the era that it was set in. So these are all the, the, the whiskey regions, and they've got seven different um, expressions. Now, there's one from Isla, there's one from Campbelltown, a couple from Speyside, a couple from the Highlands, etc. Now, I want to just focus on one to give you an idea of what, what it is I mean by what they've done. Uh, they brought out the Campbelltown one, the Dalaruan. Now, Campbelltown, and I have a book here, on the history of Campbelltown, because that's the kind of nerd I am. Okay, can everybody see me? Going to that, me, Justin, going to the history of Campbelltown. Okay, 
So Campbelltown, which is just across the water from me, actually, at one point was known as Whiskeyopolis. So they picked a distillery that they could license, and that was a Dollaroon, which opened in 1825 and shut in 1925. And in here it lists all about, you know, the, the distillery and who opened it and what they were doing and so on and so forth. And then they went to the likes of uh, Alfred Bernard, we've mentioned before he went around all the distilleries and then here he gives it his listing and he in here he tells you about peat's only used for drying the malt uh, how big the stills are the pot stills holding uh, 2750 1886 and 850 gallons respectively the wash charge was placed on an elevation blah 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 so they went around and got all of these different facts all of these different sort of primary sources then i imagine this took quite a while to do they tried to recreate the whiskey as best they could now i i assume that you're probably going to say well how do they know what it tastes like well that that's that's always open for interpretation but like i always say whiskey's about buying into a story now if for example, that Dalaruan, if there's a bottle of it in existence, and probably not, uh, there may be or there may not be, but if there is, for you to sample that, for you to actually taste that, is going to cost you thousands of pounds. This way, you're getting academic knowledge, you're getting people who have spent a lot of time, I mean, this is this is a project eight years in, in, in the making, to, to, to give you their best estimation of what it would have been like, certainly a character of what it would have been like. And these bottles, I think, I haven't wrote this down, but I think they're about £40. So you're getting a whole history, you're getting a story, you're getting a buy-in to something that's a little bit different. They uh, look I, fantastic, Marty. They look absolutely fantastic. <laughs> I've tried a few of them. I was over in Scotland and I was in Edinburgh and I picked up a couple of miniatures of them and I tried that Dalaru and that's lovely. That's a, that's a really good whiskey. Uh, I I promise you that's a really good whiskey. It's got a beautiful mouthfeel, really nice finish. So that I would I would recommend. And as I say, you're buying into a story. So it's you're getting a lot of story there because you can pick up books like this on the history of Campbelltown, read up on it, read up about the whole thing, and then taste it, which was not the like. You know, it appeals, to, it appeals to lots of things for me, that. It does indeed. So we're going to wrap it up here tonight. Uh, uh, lots of people send lovely things. What a unique idea, uh, the lost distilleries. It is, yes, it's like the lost world. Uh, Trevor Watson said another good evening as well. And, uh, well, a, a bit of a different show this week because we, uh, we've done uh, three sections to it this week and giving you lots of ideas for Christmas. <laughs> uh, Joe McGowan from Dylan Bass was absolutely fantastic. And the news stories, well, they beggar belief some of these news stories. If, you, if you've missed them during the week, if you see any news stories and you want us to cover them, just message the page, message Marty, message me. It's best to go to Facebook and messages or YouTube or even an Instagram. Hit share, the little arrow thing like that there, and that'll send it to us. And you can type at Irish Whiskey Review and that'll get <laughs> through this. And then that saves Marty and me working so hard during the week. Oh. And then we can enjoy a dram. Hi. This started off just and I didn't have to do any work. All it was was me talking about water and all that kind of stuff. This has actually ended up I started doing a bit of work. Now, how did that come about? Here, listen, you've got a qualification out of them and there's nothing better than an ology. Sure there isn't. Well, I must be the only person in the UK that has a general a, a, a GCD and a blue badge. I don't think there'll be too many other people have it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh. And Jordy Burke is saying we should get Brent and O'Carroll, Mrs. Brown, on as a guest. Yes. Uh, and uh, William oh, saying... Only if, only if I can beat them with the stick. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> if you're going to bring on Mrs. Brown, if you're going to bring on Mrs. Brown, it's only so I can batter that, That's it. I, the, the show is awful beyond belief. Beyond belief it is crap. 
<laughs> I actually quite like it. I see I, I see them in the Paul O'Grady show at Lock Weekend Television a couple of years ago. Fantastic. Uh, Wendy McLaren saying it's a Saturday night must now. Uh, that's about <laughs> it for this week. Uh, thank you very much. Enjoy. Speak to you next week. Do you have any idea what we're doing next week, Marty? No? Not a clue, Justin. Not a clue. But uh, we'll think of something. I'll think of something between now and then. Always do. All right, we'll do. I'm on the radio. Catch me in Belfast 89, 2 to 4 tomorrow. Ask Alexa or Google or Siri to tune in Belfast 89 FM between 2 and 4, and you'll hear me uh, talking to... Who is it tomorrow is my guest? I have no idea. Justin, you're not on tomorrow, Paul. You're on a Monday. I'm on a Monday. It's, I've got the days wrong. <laughs> I'm on a Monday. That's right. I don't do Sundays. Right. Good night. Catch you again soon. <laughs> I don't even know what day it is. I don't even know what day it is. Bad, 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 bad. Congratulations, Murray. That's bad. Good night. <laughs>